Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber and our guest today, Reverend Patricia Bulkley, who co-wrote the book Dreaming Beyond Death, and we're talking about how those moments and days before that we die, how potent and rich they can be in communication with the land of spirit. You know, if you're angry at somebody or uh, not forgiving of them, their misfortune or their dying or their disease or suffering usually softens the edges, like you were saying, Patricia, and can promote a yielding, an openness, a humility, and more personal, intimate sharing, forgiveness, and hopefully, perhaps, growth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Do you find that it helps? I mean, people know that their friend or their uh, relative is dying, and, you know, a lot of times they have their own issues up with, I don't know how I'm going to live without so-and-so, and their grief is looming before the event has even happened. Yes. Do you find that if they can somehow manage to put that on the back burner, that it's more helpful to help facilitate the person and what they need to do? You know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, don't talk, don't talk, save your strength, when maybe they need to be talking. Yes, indeed, yes. I, I think that one of the most important things the dying person can have are people around them who are willing to talk to them about the fact that they're dying. So often people tiptoe around and will say nothing or they abandon the person because they don't know in quotes what, well, what do I say? Yes. Um, that's why I think these dreams are a wonderful entree because it's a gentle opening, um, into the subject of death. Have you had any dreams? Have you, do you, um, do you can, there are all kinds of ways of opening. How are you, you just start off by how are you feeling and what's happening with you? Just to start conversations and then to follow where the, where the dying person wants to go with it. And it is the greatest gift I think you can give to a person to be there with them. And then as things come up, be willing to help them um, if they need to get in touch with someone. And then, you know, it can be helping them um, uh, make reconciliatory moves toward their people that they're uh, out of sorts with. But it can also be a wonderful time of reviewing their life with them and um, helping them to give to, to give away the, the uh, physical things that they own in meaningful ways. That's yes. one of nice. the most, uh, most uh, charming and interesting things a person can do is to choose for, for their treasures. And, everybody, and I'm talking about small treasures. Sure. Not money, I mean, not thousands of dollars, all that kind of thing that is in legalese. I'm talking about the, uh, for example, a man um, gave uh, his uh, fishing pole to a grandson and made a map of his favorite um, <laughs> pool in the river and and told stories, wrote some stories down, that kind of thing. Yes. Cool. Or a woman who um, whose grandmother gave, that she has a, a wedding present that, with her grandmother and she passes it on to a friend or a book or what, any number of things. That those are the ways that those hours can can turn into just blessing. We're talking today to Reverend Patricia Bulkley, 
co-author of Dreaming Beyond Death. If you have a question for her, send it to Q at MasteringOurselves.com. You know, I find that a lot of people are afraid of death because they don't know what's beyond and they think maybe it's nothing. Mm-hmm. I noticed when mm-hmm. you and I were talking before, when we were setting up this uh, interview today, you said, I know in every cell of my body that the world of spirit exists. Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that? Well, you, you know, as I said just a minute ago, there, there is a sense. When if you if you have the opportunity to be with someone as they die, there is a movement that it's just is simply there, and I can, I would never presume to say what it is because I I don't know, but I but I'm I have a deep trust in my heart that I'm moving towards something. There, in fact, um, got something right here. I just might read to you. If it's okay, it's just a, yes. a, a, it's two verses out of the Bible, and it's from St. Paul. It's in Second uh, Corinthians, and he's talking about death, and he says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. For this slight momentary affliction, death, is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension, because we look not for the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And I think that sort of nails, when I've seen people, you know, and you get sick and you get close to death, you start falling apart, literally. Well, I'm falling apart already. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, but it's just, you know, there it is. But anyway, that can be going on, but at the same time, People can be growing on the inside in a transformative way into the spirit, and you can be there with people as they do that. And that's why it's so exciting, because this change, it's as though they turn their face, that sort of a metaphor or a way of saying, to the the future. And, And that's what's hard on families, because suddenly they lose interest, literally start to lose interest in what's you know, and the grandkids jumping on the bed and the, the this and that, and it sounds like a little cruel, but but they're, they're starting to move away. As you say, they're crossing the bridge or going off. Right. And there it is. And to be part of that, um, I just think it's one of the, uh, the most, uh, a real treasure of life to, to, to be able to know that that's coming. And there are people who close it out of their mind because they just can't think about it. But if they can get themselves to open just a little bit to the possibilities and their what might be happening, um, I think that there, there, there is where the spirit will draw us toward the spirit self. And do you think the spirit is uh, uh, a certain religion? I don't. Um, I have a path that suits me that I love, um, and I am a minister. I, but I, I think that each person's path takes them in a different way. And I don't presume my work was always interfaith. And so when I am with a person, I'm there for their path, not my path. That's how I explain that. Um, so I, I, whatever it is, however it is that you come to, to know the spirit, whatever it is, pursue it. Don't give up. 
it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. If you're not Islam, you're going to hell. You know, all the versions of it. Well, yeah. Yeah. And whatever it is. But but when you're on your dying bed, spirit is there. And what religion you are is pretty irrelevant. I think it matters a little bit more how you behave during your life versus which which church or synagogue you went to. Well, I, I think that that in, in part um, there's a comfort. I, I think each of us do best when we're on a particular path because there, because we tend to explore it instead of just sort of say, well, I don't know what it is. I think it's it's worth pursuing whatever it is that if, that if each person would just pursue something to to keep studying, to keep walking, to keep noticing. Um, and as, as I say, everyone's different. So I, I, I tried never, I, I, I just follow in my work where the person I'm with is, if that makes sense. Yeah, if you're there to help them, you go, you go to where they are exactly. and see what they're ready to deal with or not exactly. and facilitate that in a wholesome yes. way. In, in a very wholesome way, and yeah. I and I hold it as a as a great honor and, and and mystery and the wonderful sense of mystery to be allowed to to walk with them. I think that's the, because um, and each one of us has this to look forward to in a sense if we'll let ourselves. And of course, that's pre- you know I'm saying that, that the death can't be is often messy, and it's and we're talking about people. The people that I see in, with, with hospice um, are um, have the time before they die to do these things. If you're killed in an accident, we don't know what happened, right? Because we, there's not time to talk about it or receive feedback. Yeah, you but know, it, that doesn't mean these good things don't happen in a split second. You know, like um, I'm sure we have dreams about it, whether we're conscious of it or not, and the dreams prepare us for it. You know, uh, former President Lincoln. He had dreams of his death. It was preparing him. He sort of knew it was coming. And I think that happens to everybody, whether they're conscious or not. The the planes prepare you for, if you're coming out of this dimension to that Mm -hmm. dimension, Mm -hmm. you are prepared. And dream is one of the ways that you are prepared in your psyche. That's right. It will take us places where our conscious mind may be blocked from taking us. Um, and but I do believe that each dreamer needs to interpret their dreams for themselves. Yes. And 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 to have other people put meanings on their dreams does them a disservice. Because yes. They're made up of who each individual yes. is. Yeah. Usually, even though we have so much in common, so you, it's, it's and both and. Right. Usually that's true. I I've been really helped by some people with dreams, but usually we have the inside track. Mm-hmm. We're talking today to Reverend Patricia Bulkley, co-author of Dreaming Beyond Death, talking about how we can help our loved ones just before they're dying. You also made a trip around the world, and yeah, and you said that you were collecting dreams and that uh, from people all around the world, and that you found everybody having similar dreams. Well, we, I, I. In every country, it was in 24 countries in a short period of time, and in every one, I uh, was able to ask uh, several of the people um, with the help of interpreters about these dreams, and one after another, I heard 
um, um, and they were on the same line, um, different metaphors that fit the culture, but the same. They I found these um, virtually in every country, and my son Kelly and I have just been talking um, about writing another book uh, about these dreams that that is on the cross cultural and not only cross-culturally, historically, and at the present time. So we're going to get to work on that. That sounds interesting. So yeah, you, literally, really... you literally found the world over that these dreams exist. Yes, and, well, that if, and if you study dreams in general, you know, dreams occur in every, um, every culture and all through history. But what's interesting um, is that the dreams are taken more seriously and the idea of, a, of, a, of another world or a world to come is very highly held in the other parts of the world. The place where it's least held is in is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're kind of lost on those levels, aren't we? Well, we're so scientific, and yet even yeah. science now, um, the brain, the new brain science is finding that we are wired. We are wired for this kind of. Um, other world experience. That explains the ADHD problem. <laughs> oh. We are wired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm such a not sexy, I don't even get the joke. I just play it. <laughs> hey, um, so yeah. you're talking about death dreams or any dreams all around the world? Oh, I'm talking about these specific pre-death dreams. They're a very teeny tiny genre of dreams that Kelly and I are studying at the moment. Right. Once again, common all around the world, what's the common theme and essence of these dreams? The common theme is that there, there, there's a guide of someone who's, um, that um, has gone before. Um, just, just as an example, I asked this one fellow, if, and he knew if his family, if he'd been with a family member who died, and did he have a dream? And this fellow, and I wrote down, with this what I wrote, his eyes lit up. And he said, yes, my father. He started seeing childhood friends um, that, that were seven, six, or eight years old, um, and they're people he'd not spoken of or seen in years. He called them by their childhood names, i.e. Johnny or, rather than John. Right. This happened several, several nights in a row. His mother said she heard this, and she called the family together and told them that the dad was going to die, and this fellow had been there. Um, and this um, was from Taiwan. So See, have that's you, an example. Sure. Have you ever had the experience when you're there and somebody is literally dying mm-hmm. of seeing the spirit guides that are there greeting them? No. But I've been told by someone dying that they were next. Oh, a couple of times I've been told that they were there right standing next to me. And could you sen- did you sense it on any level? I uh, One time... I was terrified. I didn't, I didn't let on, but it really scared me one time. And another time, I wanted to put my hand out <laughs> and feel around for what she said was there. But yeah. I, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a professional capacity, so I can't. Um, I just listen and encourage the conversation. You know, sometimes when you're Growing, you know, if you care, you, you want to extend to more 
uh, more ability to touch, feel, sense, connect, <laughs> communicate. So I'm just saying this for you and the audience and all of us. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can, like, say somebody says there's somebody in the room, you can sort of uh, practice settling, uh, almost like your skin or hairs on your body have little antenna, and you can sort yeah. of practice sensing that. Yeah. If you do it enough, you'll begin to yeah. connect to that realm. Well, I've had my hair stand on end. <laughs> you know, just like yeah. you said. Bad bleach <laughs> day, huh? <laughs> it's scary. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested than I can even begin to tell you. But I'm also, I realize that this is, this is sacred ground. Sure. Yes. And it's awesome. Yes. So I, I'm real. Um, Hold on, we got a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you for being with us. Our guest today, Reverend Patricia Bulkley, co-author of Dreaming Beyond Death. If you have a question for her, shoot it our way at Q at MasteringOurselves.com. We have more. Stay with us.